You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. What's good, man? Oh, I'll tell you what's good. Tell me, because I asked. <laughs> the new movie Prey Ah, on Hulu. Yes. It's so good. <laughs> Granted, you knew that I've been waiting to tell you this. I it, did know. The surprise has been slightly spoiled. But I still want to hear about oh, it. It's so it's okay. So here's the thing, because it's pray, P R E Y. Yes. Lest there be any confusion. P R A Y. Given our context. Not clasping hands in prayer. <laughs> but it's the Predator universe. I.e. Schwarzenegger. You know oh, what I mean? Oh yes. Get to the chop. Yeah, all of that. And I've seen I think I've seen the very, very first one. I have faint memories of the very first one. Which is fine. It's a product of its time. It's exactly what you expect it to be. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting an <laughs> alien in the jungle. And yeah. it's like, you know, cool, cool things. Yeah. Cool piece of its time. I'd rather watch something else, but, it, <laughs> you know, it's just not my genre. And then after that, they just made a bunch of movies that weren't nearly as good. Just It just continued. It yeah. just kind of went downhill. Franchise Ooh. fatigue. Yes. Right. In fact, they yeah. recently, just a couple years ago, had The Predator with a lot of orange posters. I remember that. Mm-hmm. It flopped. <laughs> so you would be one of the few. <laughs> um, so, so they're coming out. I see this trailer or, you know, evidence that they're about to release this movie. Pray. I'm like, that's pathetic. What a reach. <laughs> I really, really need the money, apparently. Because they've just come off the back of basically another flop. And they're, they're plugging resources into the franchise again? Sure. Whoa. Let me tell you. <laughs> and here's the thing, right? They took a franchise, a tired franchise. And rather than rather than taking a franchise and making an installment, they took a franchise and they made a film. It's freaking good. Whoa. It's like an indie film with a lot of budget. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like the shots are great. It's just a really pretty on location, I would assume, because it's, it's like so convincing and so like the environments look so much better than everything else we're seeing in the theaters that's filmed on a green screen. Mm. It's like they have all these like establishing shots and camera movements that just feel good and it takes it time. It's like, here's the cool predator 20 minutes in. Like, they make you wait for it. And it's very, very satisfying. I, You would tell me, like, oh, there's a predator film. I'm like, cool. We're going to see it just all out in the first five minutes. <laughs> nope. You got to wait for it. It's so good. Uh, genuinely. Well, I'm going to have to give it a watch at some point. I highly recommend. Here in the foreseeable future. I'm now realizing. Okay, listen, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now realizing. It's a little bit violent. It's a bit. It's kind of violent. It's a predator film. <laughs> This is just your content warning. Yeah, just wear adults. Make your own decisions. Mature audiences. Your dad will probably enjoy it. (laughs) I'll say that. Most dads will probably enjoy it. Maybe. And most people my age will probably enjoy it. Most moms, not to stereotype here, my mom would not enjoy it. (laughs) That's all I can give you to each their own, you know? That's fair. That's good. We appreciate the viewer discretion is advised (laughs) bit here on this podcast. It's a lot of fun, though. Yeah. That is fun. That is fun. I mean, I assume the film is fun. <laughs> I would trust your judgment on you it, ha- as I have not seen it. Back with me on that. See what you think. Yes. Perhaps I can be a post-sabbatical yeah. podcast <laughs> discussion. Yes. But you know what else is fun? What else is it's fun? It's talking about things you didn't have time to talk about in the sermon yeah. from this past weekend. I mean, you say that like a setup to a joke, but I but no, it's... I think it's pretty cool. We do that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it's fun. <laughs> Just like, no, that's the lamest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> I like you it. lame person, you. I think it's pretty neat. Yeah. So this past weekend, I unfortunately did not have time to adequately cover verses 8 through 10 of Ephesians 4, the chapter out of which I was preaching. If mm-hmm. you were there this past weekend, or if you weren't there, you want to go back and catch up, you know, whatever suits your fancy. But at any rate, I didn't have time to talk about them. Those verses are quite rich. There's quite a bit going on 
in those verses. Mm, okay. The problem is that they present us with not a few biblical theological knots that it just takes time to untie. Given you know? why it wasn't in the sermon. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You only have 40 minutes yeah. at Horizons Church to cover your text and explain it and illustrate it. And Understandable. Apply it, you know, so there's only so much you can do. Exactly. Thankfully, the podcast gives us another 20 to 25 minutes. <laughs> oh, it's our after show. Things. I yes, love it. Yes, that's it. Da, 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 da. You know, yes. little special after show theme bit where we walk on stage and hey welcome to the after show so anyway yes here we are covering these verses now so we'll start back one verse just to get the flow here's what ephesians 4 7 to 10 says but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of christ's gift so time out real quick that's the bit from the sermon about how christ gives each of us unique gifts for service okay that's where we got that from right but the following verses are where it starts to get a little weird. So <laughs> here we go. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. I feel like there must be something more going on, just given the extra tension in those parentheticals. Yes. He's spending parenthetical. Time, like that. <laughs> I didn't think we needed to, that but was, he did. So. That was his, uh, you know, preaching the sermon. He goes back and, hold on, I have to explain. <laughs> I need more time. Yeah. No, yeah, so what's going on here is Paul has given us a citation from Psalm sixty-eight, eighteen, to show that Christ gave us gifts when he ascended into heaven. But then he has to go into, as you observed, this brief parenthetical statement to explain what it means to say that Christ ascended. Now, first blush, you might rush right past these words without a second thought. Doesn't seem like too much is actually happening there if you're just reading it at a glance. If you're just progressing through the flow of thought in the passage, might not particularly stand out to you. But there are two things that we do need to untangle here, at least two. Not to derail us immediately, but... Please do. (laughs) But yeah, if I was just reading that without the spotlight of our discussion now, I definitely would do exactly what you said. I would fly right on by. Because it sounds familiar enough that I think like, oh yeah, of course... (laughs) Nothing to be curious about. I don't want to speculate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and like maybe I would assume he's having to do some extra explaining to people who are unfamiliar with what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's a new thing then and there. But, you know, (laughs) not me. Clearly, (laughs) clearly I know what's going on. But apparently, apparently I don't. (laughs) Or we wouldn't be sitting here having this podcast. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. Well, on that note. Here's the first knot that we need to untangle. The first knot is that the psalm that Paul quotes is, it's quoted in an interesting way. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. If you go back and decide to read Psalm 68, 18, like you flip back from Ephesians to the psalm itself, you're going to notice that this is where the fun begins. <laughs> okay. In the words of Anakin Skywalker <laughs> of Star Wars Episode Three fame, this is where the fun begins, he said it. as he flew into <laughs> Psalm 68 out of Ephesians 4. <laughs> Because the actual reading of Psalm 68, 18 runs thus. You, speaking about God, Yahweh, ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train. So far, so good, right? Uh, Nothing out of the ordinary there. You know, maybe a little switch from the third person to the second person, but that's no big deal. That's, you know, Uh, whatever. But then we read, you ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious. The Lord may dwell there. Mm. So we have... Wait a minute. (laughs) 
there's a discrepancy. One, one might use the word discrepancy carefully, mind you, but I am noticing but something of a discrepancy. there is, yes, yes. So I would actually say, quite reverently, you have the complete opposite of Ephesians 4.8 happening in Psalm 68.18. Yeah. Because in Ephesians, Christ is giving gifts... In this psalm, God is receiving gifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as my friends back home at seminary might say, uh-oh. <laughs> <Is that okay? laughs> they would say that. I love that. Yeah, they would definitely say that. It is, yeah, I feel like he's he's making some leaps. What is he doing? Yes, it is an interesting question. So, what is happening here? It's actually not as crazy as it looks. Okay. You might expect, if you read critical scholarship mm. on this verse and this reference, that people would freak out about it. They'd be like, oh, yeah, look, Paul's over here just twisting things up to suit his own purposes. But even the most critical scholars are typically not... They're not bothered. No. Okay. And the reason is because you take the whole psalm, right? All mm. of Psalm 68. It's over 30 verses. And in this psalm, God is the divine warrior who defeats his enemies and receives gifts, i.e. spoil and tribute from his fallen foes, hmm. okay? So this was common in the ancient Near East. You have a king who goes in, defeats his enemies, and he gets spoil and tribute as a result of his victory. Hmm. But the spoil that the king received was frequently shared and given to his people. Okay. And he would meet it out among his troops, they would take it back, they would share with the citizens of his kingdom, etc. So the psalm itself actually testified to God's giving in verses 9 through 10 and verse 35. So what Paul is doing is the same thing that all responsible, helpful Bible interpreters do. He is summarizing and recapitulating the whole psalm in one statement that uses words from the text itself. Okay. So it's kind of like, it's not exactly like, but similar enough to when we preach a sermon, like I did this past weekend on Indeed. Ephesians 4. I will use words from the text to summarize the one big idea of the text. And sometimes that big idea will come straight out of a verse itself, yeah. and I'll just modify a word or two. Okay. But it's still faithful to the meaning of, say, that verse. Mm -hmm. And that is what Paul is doing here. He just takes the 18th verse, because the 18th verse is a perfect summary of everything that's happening in Psalm 68. And he's just taking the other data where God is giving throughout the psalm and saying... Part of God's receiving gifts from among men was to give them. Yeah. And so he's just saying, hey, this is what the rest of the psalm teaches. I'm going to summarize it thus. Because in this case, Christ is the divine warrior Yahweh, which is an interesting proof of Christ's divinity, by the way. Just right. another evidence that, yes, the ancient church and Paul and everyone took Jesus as truly God and divine. Another podcast we could do sometime is how critical scholarship is now finally giving up the thesis that, oh, the divinity of Jesus was something that was imposed by the church in the third and fourth century. That was very popular uh, critical scholarship. Now even guys like Bart Ehrman, who's very much into that, is like, nah, actually, no. Like, <laughs> you just can't get around the fact that they thought Jesus was God. Like, yeah, well, let's, you know, <laughs> we've known this. That for, was the package. That's yeah, that's exactly you know, thing. that's exactly right. But anyway, another podcast for another time. So Christ here is the divine warrior Yahweh who defeats his enemies on the cross, ascends into heaven, and then shares the spoils of his victory with his people. He is the one who gives power and strength to his people as Psalm 68.35 attests. Okay. So that's one knot to untie, which is not actually super complicated when you look at everything in its context. Helpful to lay that out, actually. Yeah, yeah. But then we also have this seemingly ill-placed parenthetical statement about the significance of Christ's ascent. Yeah, that, that still throws me given the context. Yeah. Ill-placed Ill is, is how I'm feeling yeah. right now. <laughs> I'm feeling ill-placed in this conversation. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what that's about. Why? Because you'd think at that point, it's fairly self-explanatory. Oh, yeah, Christ won and he ascended to his 
throne and shared his spoils. Like, exactly. No more explanation what probably is, needed. Why do we say anything else? Yeah, that except feels conclusive. Yeah, but then Paul was like, now, just in case it wasn't clear, let me muddy the waters a little more. <laughs> this is one of those examples where Peter's oh, like, oh, hey, guys, Paul. Um, yeah, Paul, I don't know I don't know about him, man, <laughs> you know. But here, Paul notes that since Christ is the Son of God, he had to first descend before he could ascend, right? Sure. So, like, okay, straightforward enough, perfectly logical, no issues there. What is not so immediately clear is what the descent actually refers to. Because you read the ESV and you think, seems pretty clear to me, right? Because in the ESV, which is the version we read, it says he descended to the lower regions, that is, the earth. He descended to the lower regions, the earth. Mm -hmm. Implying that, oh, the descent is his incarnation. Exactly. He came and dwelt among us. That was the descent. However. (laughs) Even I feel this, however. (laughs) Yes. You can also viably, I would be willing to argue, though I'm not a Greek scholar and I do not ever claim to be, but I would be willing to argue you could more accurately translate that statement the way that the NASB and KJV, among other translations, the way they translate it, which is he descended into the lower regions of the earth, mm-hmm. i.e. the grave, the realm of the dead, that place, that in, the harrowing of hell, exactly. etc. And because we've talked about that, my instinct is to assume that must surely be what we were talking about. I mean, that's a more dramatic and impactful mm-hmm. comparison to draw. Yes. And obviously, as you can now tell, you get quite variant interpretations depending on whether or not that preposition <laughs> is there. Right. Right? Because if you go with the ESV's rendering, you have a straightforward point. Christ ascended into heaven and is now exalted because he descended to the earth and endured the humiliation of the incarnation. And that's the primary point Paul is getting at, right? The focus there is on the two different states of Christ's life and ministry. Yeah. Humiliation on earth, exaltation now in heaven, right? But if we go with the older rendering reflected in the NASB and KJV, we get the contrast between Christ's hyper-exalted ascent into the highest place of heaven and his descent into the lowest possible place of death and the realm of the grave. Hmm. And the thing about that is, is if you want to really drive the point home, you get basically the same point theologically however the translation goes you're dealing with two different states of christ his exaltation on the one hand and his humiliation on the other however that pans out right the difference has to do with how far and how deep is paul pressing christ's humiliation to what degree is he pressing the contrast there the interesting thing and this could be who we might have to cut it (laughs) you know what i mean but um, i'm ready when we're talking about like let's say maybe the preferred option between the two of us being the descent into the grave so to speak Mm -hmm. the thing i think is more interesting about that comparison is that yes you have the super high and the super low but interestingly enough in that particular version you also have both of those moments with this very strong through line of victory in a sense yes because like you know you have the whole that whole element of like a proclaiming you know victory over the grave to the dead like you know what i mean and then Mm -hmm. you also have the ascent which i feel like that needs no other explanation right yes like that i think you have this other layer to that particular uh, take that's that's i think kind of compelling and i think yeah that's that's very interesting to me yes and for those biblical theological reasons precisely Mm. that is why i think i would slightly prefer the rendering he descended to the lower regions of the earth. Yeah. I also prefer it grammatically, but I don't have time to get into the difference between, you know, a partitive genitive and et cetera in the, in the Greek. But the point being is you can get that from the biblical theological reading. Yeah. You don't even have to, you know, be an expert in Greek grammar to get that because you have these references to 
Christ descending to the realm of the dead. Hmm. I think prominently of the reference in Revelation where he says, I have the keys to death and Hades. Well, he gets that by descending into death and Hades in order to steal those keys. So I think on a biblical theological level, and also, see, I sometimes without thinking about it, tend to absolutize church history statements as if like, oh, everyone in church history, which is never the case. But you have a lot of the tradition, the great tradition of church history also attesting to this being Christ's not just descent to the earth and the incarnation, but to the lower regions, i.e. the grave, throughout church history, even as reflected in the Apostles' Creed, Mm. which is, Ah, you know, he descended to, you know, depending on the old reading, he descended to hell, i.e., again, he descended to the realm of the dead, Mm -hmm. to the grave. So that is reflected in the creed that the church holds in common. So all that is to say, though, both options do make sense. However you end up landing on it, whether you're like, no, this is primarily about exaltation and incarnation or exaltation and humiliation all the way to the grave, it doesn't radically alter a fundamental point of doctrine, oh, depending sure. on how you take That's it. That's true, yeah. But I do prefer the older reading. I do as well. And hopefully now you can understand why we just didn't quite have time to get into these <laughs> verses during... There's just a lot you have to unpack, you know? You have to get back into, what is that psalm talking about? I actually think also the psalm is another evidence of, and you kind of really? alluded to that, but, you know, he led a host of captives. Oh, yeah. Like, how are you going to, yeah, exactly. you know? So, mm-hmm. but anyway, but you can see now, I, yeah, this this is something that takes a little more time to actually get into so that we can have a proper understanding of it. And that's why we did a follow-up podcast. Love it. Instead of doing it in the sermon. So there you have it. There are all the mysteries of Ephesians 4, 8 through 10 unlocked to you. Thank goodness. <laughs> The interpretive keys are we always before you. definitively solve these things that in church history have been, you know. That's what they say. Yeah, that's what they I, say. I, I mean, I know I have a direct line to Augustine in heaven. He's oh. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, I wasn't going to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone who's like driving and listening to this is like, like, what in the world? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, hey, no. Thank you as always for listening. And if you have any questions on this or any other topic, you can feel free to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. And uh, if you found this helpful and you did find it enlightening and clarifying and you want to leave us an honest five-star review in that Apple podcast platform, we sure would appreciate it. We would indeed. No mystery there. Don't no. don't give us anything we need to explain in a, <laughs> another podcast. Okay. Uh, thank you as always for listening. And we'll catch you next time.